0: This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishnanos. Yeah, good morning. So we are continuing with the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, we are doing chapter 6 and uh, the verse we will continue from is verse 13. So just a small recap of what we did last time. The yogi, we are discussing about the yogi who is on the path of Sankhya Yoga going towards liberation, has to go towards liberation. What is he supposed to do? How is he supposed to do? So we were talking about the way in which he has to find a place for himself, sit in that place, create an asan, a seat for himself and How do you concentrate the mind? Sit in that place. This is basically what we did. So today we are going to discuss a certain aspect of yoga, which everybody loves in this world. I think they love yoga because (laughs) that is what it signifies to them. Exercises, body exercises. So we I'll give you a rundown of this subject and the way in which Krishna explains. We will be doing our own way of understanding because like I said, we are the material worldly people. Today it is hardly there is any place to find in some, you know, strange cave and all that. It's not possible. So we have to find our space in our own house. So let us see. So we are doing Srimad Bhagavad Gita chapter 6 verse 13. Holding the trunk, head and neck straight and steady. Remaining firm and fixing the gaze on the tip of the nose without looking in other direction. I think this is a very common thing that is being told to all the students of yoga, you know, at yoga when they try this or even when they go for the classes for, you know, Any kind of yoga that is uh, Kriya or Kundalini or you can go even for uh, the Buddhist kind of yoga that they do. (laughs) You can do whatever you want to. It's the same thing. So first you got to find a congruity. Somewhere it has to come together. Hmm? So he starts with the line holding the trunk, head and the neck. Straight. This is an important thing for the posture to be right. Remember, we are straight creatures, okay? We are not bent like a monkey or any of those other creatures. We are not bent like that. We do not use our hands for walking purposes, correct? Human beings walk with their legs, and they do work with their hands. So we have been given a unique body. And the body has been given a spine. And the spine has to be kept erect. If you do not keep it erect, you are going to get into trouble as you become older. Those who slouch and sit. You, you know, people slouch and sit like this. and They, they literally fall down like a sack now when you fall down like a sack and you sit like this slouching or you are not you're bending this way or this way in the initial part of your life you are not going to find any problems because yeah your body is flexible but as you grow older the slouch comes back you will find that there are lots of old people who are like a walking stick you know that bent one why are they bent is because during their childhood and as they are growing up, they did not take care of their body. And because they did not look after their posture, it is important that they do now. So here, if you are on the path of, you know, yoga, that means you want to have union with God. You got to have one thing very clear in your mind. You have to be straight. When you are sitting you should be exactly L shaped. At right angles. So holding the trunk. You know the trunk. hmm? Trunk is the lower part of the body from down below the neck. Head which you know very well. And the neck. This is the neck portion. Now you have to hold it straight. Now. I will just now explain the yogic posture. And then I will tell you the significance. Significance I will do once I have finished with this whole thing. Alright. So you will have to wait for the answer. Okay. Later on. How it works. So you have to keep your body exactly at right angles. It does not matter even if you are sitting on a chair. If you are sitting in a chair, you got to be straight. Like this. Right? Now this is important because this top portion of the body has to balance with the lower portion of the body. And it has to come straight down like this. If there is a bend, if you are coming forward, This portion of the body, if you see, if it goes backwards, then there is going to be an issue. Back pain from the top will be there, severe. Bottom portion, if it is not straight like this at a right angle, then the bottom part of your body is going to get into trouble very soon. This is physiology. Okay, this has nothing to do with the scripture. As of now. Later on I will explain the scriptural aspect of it. So keep your body straight like this. This portion clearly balanced on the neck. So don't do like this. This way. Okay. This way or this way. Alright. And then the bottom portion that is your chest downwards has to be straight. Okay. Normally people they will... Put their two shoulders in front or they will do like this. Don't do that. It's important to keep your shoulders exactly like this. Alright. Now, that is your, this is your clavicle bone over here. It has to go like this, like this. Shoulder blades have to be perfect. Shoulder blades behind properly. That means one should not be like this and one should not be like this. Keep it straight. In a straight perpendicular position, you have to keep it. So, this is a straight way and then you have to be steady. Now, steady doesn't mean that you can be fidgeting around here and there. Don't fidget. Don't fidget. You have to sit erect like that. No movement. No movement. Now, what is moving? Can you see what is moving? Only the eyes are moving. (laughs) So did you see? The eyes are the moving ones. But the body has become straight. So the activity of eyes have to be trained. (laughs) The (laughs) The eyes have to look at the tip of your nose. You see, when you are looking outwards like this, you will find that you your, your eyeballs are straight. Okay. As you come closer, if you see an object very close to you, you will find that your two, <laughs> two eyeballs are coming like this closer. Is it? Have you seen that? So it's like this. So the, if you look at the tip of your nose, both your eyeballs are going to be somewhere here and then you will be looking downwards. Now why is this important? Because your distant vision has to be removed. The peripheral vision, the distant vision that is there. That, that means whatever you are seeing beyond. It has to blur out. You know, uh, even in photography, you do, don't you do that kind of a thing? Where you are focusing on the camera. You just focus that portion and the rest is blurred out. That is what you got to do. So when you are facing this... Remaining firm and fixing the gaze on the tip of your nose. This is very important to fix your gaze over here. If you are putting your eyes like this, now you are going to look this way, this way. Even if you are not moving your neck, you will still be going this way to this way. Okay? At least this angle you are going to see. And then once you see that, an up and down by the way. Okay? This way, this way, this way, this way. <laughs> and then you will notice everything around you. You are not supposed to notice because if you notice something you know you are going to look at that object like this. Huh? I know you can't see my eyes but not, uh, like that. <laughs> so if you are going to see that object, what is the point in doing yoga? Yoga means single pointed devotion to that. Whatever you are doing, isn't it? So if your eyes are going somewhere here and there, you are wandering sir. Don't wander. Fix it. Fix it at the tip of your nose. So your eyes are not going to be looking upwards. They are going to be looking downwards. And they will not even see. See, if I am sitting on a chair, I can see people down there. Hmm, Right? I can see something down there also. That also I should not see. So I have to bring my vision to this place. When I bring the vision to this place, have you noticed? You cannot keep your eyes cockeyed for a very long time. Try keeping cockeyed like that, you know, cross eyes for a long time. You know, you're going to get tired in less than 30 seconds. Have you seen that? So what happens is when you put your eyes and this is science. Okay, whatever I'm teaching you, nothing to do with spiritual, but just for understanding, I'm giving you the scientific understanding. So when you put your eyes here at the tip of your nose, naturally after some time your eyeballs and your eyes are going to become a little tired of all that. And then slowly you you will find that your eyes are you are actually zoned out over there. (laughs) You you don't know what is happening. So most probably you have gone to sleep because the eyes get really tired. So this is the way in which You have to posture this way. Eyes which are wandering. The only thing that was wandering was your eyes. Yes. Did I tell you about your hands? Keep your hands down. Okay. You put them this way or you put them this way. Whichever way that you feel comfortable. Okay. Put this in some mudra. If you don't understand mudra, just keep them on your lap. All right. And don't fidget with them. Even your legs, you are not supposed to fidget with your legs. Okay? Don't keep on saying, oh my, you know, you take the, you know, those toes, your toes are going this way. Oh, because you are getting cramps. Don't sit properly. Hmm? No movement of any part of your body. Mm -hmm. Now, the eyes which you are moving, fix on top tip of your nose. So, there also, there is no movement. Okay? Now, when you do that, Without looking in other directions. See, did did you get the point? He is telling you don't look in any other direction. Just look here only. This is concentration, method of concentration. Focusing. We need to focus. So, initial stage of yoga is focusing. Okay. So, once you focus over here, then what happens is called defocusing. That is the next aspect of it. All right. So, this much you understood? So now I will explain to you what it means in the spiritual aspect. Please understand that when we talk of spiritual, we are talking about the spirit in a man. Man means a woman also. So don't think that I am not talking about woman. I am talking about every, every person. So a spirit in a person. The spirit in a person is beyond the gunas. Correct? It is beyond the bodies also. There are three bodies which you know. Hmm? There are three bodies. Now, how do I connect with it? How do I connect with the spirit? Now, who is this I? Remember last time I was talking about the higher and the lower self. Remember this, no? It is the same thing. So, first I got to focus in that direction and second I have got to go towards that direction. So, the reason why we do this is exactly to connect with the divine spirit inside of us. Again, there is nothing inside of us. But for understanding purpose, let us go with these words. It is inside of us. Okay. All right. So, later on we will say how this thing works. Now, when Krishna is telling you that you got to keep your body perpendicular what is he saying? I will tell you. In this universe. Outside of you. There are physical locations. Physical locations. Now we are only going to take India as a case study. Alright. We will take world later on. But just now just let us take India as a case study. So just like you have places. In India. Which are called Banaras. Varanasi. There are places which are called. Vrindavan. You know. Which is a place where Krishna used to stay. Vrajabhumi as people call it. Hmm? Then there is a place which is called Rameshwaram. Hmm? Then there is a place. Which is on top. Which is basically top of India. There is the Himalayan range is there. From Kashmir right up to Arunachal Pradesh. You know the whole range is there. Now all these places are there. You have heard of the roof of the world called Kailash Tibet. Isn't it? Somewhere there. These are external locations. External locations which are physically in nature. They are physically there. Now there are many rivers in India. There is Ganga, Yamuna, Saraswati, so on and so forth. There is Kaveri, Krishna, Godavari. So many rivers are there across India. You must have heard of them. Narmada is also there somewhere in the middle. Now, all these rivers that are there, they are physically represented there in India. Alright? There are important cities along the path. Cities. Cities. So if you take an important city, like today the capital of India, okay, New Delhi is there, very much there, isn't it? Then there is another place which is called the financial capital of India, which is Mumbai. Right? Then there is another place in south of India, which is Chennai, from where all the internet lines and everything is coming. You see the sea, all the transport and everything from the sea. hmm? All that comes over there. Likewise, there is Kolkata on this side. It is at the tip of the Ganga Nadi, you know, where it is flowing into the oceans and then there is Bangladesh down there and so on and so forth. Now, you got the gist of India. This is a physical India. I told you about the mountains also. Now there are other mountain ranges. Hmm? You have heard of another place which is important. See, I am taking you very slowly so that there are lots of new people who may have to understand this. So you have to grant them that much. So in India, there are other places which we call as Thiruvana You have heard of that? Now you may ask me, what is that place? Of course, you have heard of Ramanna Maharishi, isn't it? He stayed there. Then in the north, you will find that there are so many Rishi Munis and all that who stayed in all the different, different caves. You have heard of this also. Now let us try to understand why this description of India is there. Now the description of India is very much there because India is represented inside of you also. Remember macrocosm, microcosm. That means whatever is there outside is there inside of you also. The sun. And the moon. These are two channels. Plus the two external organs that are there. Which are mentioned in the scriptures. As well as you are having them. Alright. These are two. Now. You will try to understand this next place. The place which we call as Banaras. Have you heard of this place Banaras or Varanasi? Have heard of this place. Isn't it? Banaras is inside your From here, from inside the 6th chakra over there, there is a pathway which goes upwards. Now, this path which is going upwards towards this whole thing which is called the Sahasra R. Okay. These are chakras which are mentioned. If you don't understand, don't bother your head about it. You just listen. Okay it's not important to know so much in detail so the banaras is inside here got it understand this this is a representation of the place inside our that hard skull of yours <laughs> if there is a place over there then if i come downwards there is a place which is the heart which we call as the chakra Of the heart. In English, they will call it that. Anahata. So, that chakra is there where Krishna's nivas is there. Where Krishna dances. You know he is dancing, isn't it? I am sure you have heard of Krishna dancing with his gopis. All that you have heard of. So, he is dancing over there. That is another place. Remember, in the Puran, in the very ancient scriptures, it is written that, that only two places remain. At the end of the yugas. All the yugas, only two places remain. What remains? And the heart. Only two places remain. Rest, everything gets destroyed. The whole thing gets destroyed. Now, why you have to sit straight? Remember, there are two channels going downwards and upwards. It's called one going downwards and one coming upwards. These are called the afferent and the efferent channels. In scriptures, it is called the ida and the pingala. Okay. And then we have another one which is called the central canal, which is called the sushumna nadi. I know 99% of the people have got confused with what I am (laughs) talking. Okay. Simple explanation. Okay. Suppose if I close my this nose, nostril. I am breathing from this nose. Huh? From this nostril I am breathing. Got it. So think like that. I can breathe from one nostril and I can exhale from the other also. And then I can breathe in from here. And I can exhale from here also. I can breathe from both the nostrils also, exhale from both the nostrils also. Okay. Let us think, think that there is a channel which is going downwards. Okay. That is one channel. The air is going downwards. You can say through science, oh, it is only going to that lungs. Nowhere else it is going. Of course, nowhere else it is going. Did I tell you it is going anywhere? No, but what you are taking in is called the life breath. Do you remember it's called the life breath, prana? So when you are taking in the prana, do you know if you have ever gone for a medical checkup? Medical checkup. Do you know what the doctor does? Huh? He tells you, cough and show <coughs> me. You know where the cough comes from? From the bottom. <laughs> you see, from your glutes. It is coming from up like that. <coughs> Try this and you will come to know. When you are sitting and when you are trying to cough without moving anything, <coughs> You will find that your stomach is cramped like this. You know, it's coming closer. Your muscles are cramping and then (coughs) you you are doing this. So did you see that your effect, whatever that you are doing from your mouth is affecting right up to the bottom. That means even your organs of evacuation to the organ of reproduction these two organs are getting affected. Right? So now these two are getting affected. So do you understand that even this breath which you take, it is said that it can go right up to the bottom. The breath may be going inside the lungs. But the action with which the life force descends, goes downwards to the end, on your seat and then it turns upwards and comes out. And so, when you exhale, it is coming outwards. So, you got this clear? Plus, you had the have at the back of your, over here, something which is called the vertebral column. Now, I don't have to tell you where vertebral column is. Your backbone, man. <laughs> and inside the backbone, there is one spinal cord. Even you're, you know, if you are maybe a third standard or a fourth standard student, you will know what a spinal cord is. Okay. Imagine that is called the sushumna nadi. Nadi. Channel. Okay. Just channel. So, these three things are important. One is inward going, outward coming, whichever way. So, one when you take in the air, it goes and comes out. So now, see, do you see which part of the body is affecting? If I take the breath, do you see which part is affecting? Your upper portion and then your lower portion. Suppose you are slumped like this. You know how difficult it is to breathe? You got to keep your channels open, sir. <laughs> So, when you keep your channels open, otherwise your glottis, epiglottis, you know, again, don't ask me what is glottis and epiglottis. Don't bother. (laughs) Go and look it up if you want to. Okay, it is not going to close and open properly. And if you are are slouched like this, and you have to talk like this. Have you seen how the old people who are bent forwards or backwards, how they speak? They can't speak properly because even their larynx is affected, the voice box. So, the importance of keeping this neck straight is is extremely important. Now, remember I was telling you about India. Okay. Now, do you know this place? Okay. The neck. On the neck, the skull is moving. This way, this way. Isn't it moving? See, there is that vertebral column behind on which I can move my neck. Did you get it? That particular place where it is movement is there. Movement. That is the Meru. That is the mountain on which the whole thing is resting. It is the peak point like this. On which it's like a uh, what do you call that? Mm, uh, Fulcrum. Fulcrum. It's the fulcrum on which your head is resting. So keeping your neck straight so that you can breathe properly so that the the, the, life force goes right to the bottom is an important activity. And keeping it straight so that every channel is open If I bend forward, backward, like this, like that, if I bend this way, remember, one of my channels is open, the other one is not. If I bend this way, you know, one of my other channels are open, the other one is not. Even when sleeping, have you noticed that if you sleep in a particular posture, your one nose gets clogged in the night? Have you seen that? This will tell you why it happens. So keeping your body straight and erect is so important. Because in our body, there is a representation of Banaras, Varanasi. There is a representation of the place where Krishna played, Vrajabhumi. There is a place where Brahmaji lives. There is a place where Vishnu Tattva lives. There is a place where Shiva Tattva lives. Everything is represented inside the body. So the gods have representation there. Now when you misuse your body and you abuse your body, just imagine you are abusing your body by taking drugs or you are taking You know those medicines which are going to give you that, you know, tranquility and peace and all that kind of nonsense. I have tensions. So, antidepressants and all those kind of things which people take. Do you know that? Which part of the body is getting affected? This. Shivji's Mount Kailasha the Shiva Tattva lives over here. The Himalayan range is inside there. All those yogis who reside in the Himalayan mountains think they are represented inside your that grey matter and all those matters. When you take those antidepressants and all those other drugs you know, all the even the whatever you know, drugs that you take outside they are affecting that part of the brain. The body is getting affected. These yogis who are doing the meditation over there for you, they are doing the knowledge. They are giving you the knowledge. They are represented there and you are numbing them. Imagine what you do over there is is like you can put one you know hoodie. You know what a hoodie is and cover it up right up till here. What happens? You can't see anything. Isn't it? Hoodie is coming up to here but you close it down like this. What happens? Okay. Exactly like that. Imagine you are putting this fellow in cold storage. Why would you want to do that? Shivji wants to do his meditation. Wants to give this world the knowledge and the understanding. Inside that place is that Varanasi also. Did I not tell you Varanasi is at the from here to the path which goes towards the brain. There are two pathways up and down and then they cross like this over there. That is in the Brahmarandra. Don't bother again. Where it is crossing that is the Sangam of Varuna river and Asi river or Nasi river. Varuna river and the Nasi river. That is why that place is called Varanasi. Got it? I hope you understood this much. It is called Varanasi because of that reason. Now, anybody dying in Varanasi? That means if you die in Varanasi, you get Mukti, they say. Mukti. You are completely erased out of this. No, no, you know, subtle bodies also. Nothing remains. It said like that. Do you know what it means significantly? It means that if you have raised your channel, your, you know that power, whatever you call it, Kundalini, up to the level of that Varanasi. And then when you give away your life, you have reached the Sahasrar, Shivji's domain. And because you have reached Shivji's domain, you are free to go. Then nobody remains of yours. That is the reason why dying in Varanasi is so important. Dying in Banaras is so, so important. People think dying in Banaras means I will go to this Banaras over here and maybe I will stay over there and die. No. Reaching that level inside. That means you have to raise your Kundalini up to that level. Again, there are lots of people who may not understand what I am talking Just remember one thing. On the path of spiritual, you have to raise your levels higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. As you raise your levels higher and higher, that means in your normal life, you are leading a life of a householder. You are leading a plain, simple life as a human being, you know, working for the money and food and education and this and that and then family and children and house and God knows all kinds of things you are doing. That is the lowest life That a person is having. As he rises higher and higher. In his life. Then this becomes useless to him. So in the path of spiritual. When you give up things. You come to the level. Which is over here. The chest level. That is the place where you become. In love and devotion to God. And then as you rise higher than that. That is because you want to reach the Parabrahma. Basically you want to get released or realized or mukti. You want mukti in your life. That is why you want to go there. So this posture which Krishna is talking about is so very important. This is for those people who really want liberation. Okay. It is not for people who are on the path of devotion. Devotion stops below. Liberation goes above. Got it? So this this particular verse is for people who want liberation. They want self-realization. They want enlightenment and all those kind of things. Right? So this is the reason why the posture has to be straight. See, I have given you a rough rundown of India, your body, the reason why all the channels have to be open, the reason why your neck has to be balancing properly because your skull is balanced on the tip of that, you know, mount fulcrum, right? All these I explained to you. Keeping the body straight so that all channels are open inwards. This is the reason. Now we come to the next verse. Chapter six, Bhagavad Gita, verse fourteen. Firm in the vow of complete chastity and fearlessness, keeping himself perfectly calm and with the vigilant, with the mind held in restraint and fixed. On me, the vigilant yogi should sit absorbed in me. Yes. This is the next thing that a person is supposed to do. Firm in the vow of complete chastity. Chastity means what? Two things are there. First, you should not have any action which is going to release your sperm and all those kind of things. Okay. Nothing that is going to do that. Which means you got to be chaste. No sexual activity. Absolutely none. That means you literally become a brahmachari. Okay. And in brahmacharya, most important is not even the thought should be of a woman. Or for a woman, not a thought also about the man. So for the person, no thought of opposite sex. No. No thinking. And no act which is going to get indulged in that kind of an activity. So no release of your hormones by the way. The overreacting hormones should not be released. Where are the hormones released from? Remember? It's inside your that skull of yours. <laughs> you got it? There is a gland. There are so many glands over there and they release those hormones. And because they release the hormones, that is why you get sexually very active. And not only sexually, any other thing also. Because the hormones get released. So, chastity is important. You got to be chaste. That means not only the organs of whatever, to your brain, no activity should be there. Got the understanding or no? For a person, there should be no activity up and down also both the places. So, firm in the vow of chastity. Now, you may want to know why is it important? Well, I will give you one small understanding for those technical persons who want to understand technical stuff for them. You see, The release of a certain, you know, things happen from the genitalia. Isn't it? Let us take the case of a sperm. Millions of sperms are released. If I take one sperm from that million, is it capable of creating a new life form? Yes. A single sperm can create a new life form. And if you are releasing millions and millions of those sperms outside, can you imagine the number of life forms that are being uselessly thrown away? Got it? Millions. There are millions of life forms which are thrown away. Now, When you observe the vow of chastity, you do not allow these life forms to get out of your body. Now, please understand one thing. Have you noticed that those who are blind, their other senses are very active, overactive? Their sense of smell is very powerful. Their sense of hearing is extremely powerful. Do you know this or you don't know this? Right? So if somebody is blind, they have got a very high sensitive hearing and smelling. Correct? Similarly, those who have one organ which they can control the action from that organ, the activity concerned shifts to another organ. Got it? So that activity which every human being literally wants to wade in called the sexual activity, if it is completely ground to a halt, no thought processing also, that millions or millions of active species that are there inside of you, for a male as well as a female also, they get some other use. So other parts of your body become highly active. Which part of your body needs to become highly active? Your brain. Now your brain is not going to produce Those kind of things which are meant for arousing you. The same thing, can it not arouse another center? The shift has happened. Got it? When the shift happens, other places are getting aroused. And because other places are getting aroused, the activity in those places, so directionally changing your way of doing things. So, when the yogis sit in meditation and they do not allow their male, you know, sperms or whatever that is to come out, and when the female also controls her flow, that time they use it for taking it upwards. Physically, the, the sperms are not going to go upward because don't don't be under that stupid impression. Okay, otherwise, say, Guruji, you told all the sperms are going to travel to my brain, and in the brain they are going to create babies. Come on, don't be stupid. No, the energy centers, energy, the power, the thing that is running that system, that gets utilized in another place. So you can direct your energy in another direction. So that you don't waste your energies in this. So as a yogi, you cut off this, slice through it completely. So, firm in the vow of chastity and fearless. Fearless is very, very important. Do you know what happens when a person becomes fearful? there is a flow of adrenaline and other kinds of things. Don't that, doesn't that happen? You know, the, literally the brain and the other parts of the body, they send out all kinds of stuff so that it is trying to cover up that fear of yours. Those who are fearless, they are not using it for that purpose. They are using the same power for a different purpose now. As a fearless yogi, person who is not afraid of animals in the jungles and in the caves, remember that? And fearless in your own space, wherever you are sitting? That means you should not be fearful. What is my boss going to say? What is my wife going to think? What is my husband going to think? If I sit over here, my husband will be thinking, Oh, she must be doing something. Well, you are not doing anything. You are focusing on the path of spiritual. So you have to become absolutely fearless. What is there to be afraid of? If you are afraid of, then all these things are going to come out. So let all your brain activity not use up all those things over there in the wrong direction. So become fearless. Keeping yourself perfectly calm. When you keep yourself calm, what happens? Again, there is not much activity. Only the goodness is flowing through your veins and your whatever organs. Isn't it? You are not having any anxiety attack or anger or tension. uh, Nothing like that is happening. You are calm. You are peaceful. You are quiet. You are tranquil. When that is happening, you are not misusing any part of your body also. When you are not misusing any part of your body and your mind held in restraint, This is an important thing to understand. You got to hold your mind in restraint. Remember, the mind just keeps on traveling all over the place. And because now you are focusing here at the tip of your nose and sometimes the people say, count your breath. They say count your breath. So if you are counting your breath with your mind, you are not focusing on who is going around here and there, isn't it? You are not focusing on, oh, now is the time to, my stomach is feeling very hungry, I got to go and eat. Are you thinking like that? No. So when you are sitting in one place, tip of your nose, eyes are there, sitting straight with a tranquil mind. When you have this tranquil mind, nothing is affecting you. No money matters, no problems from the office, no problem from your spouses or your children or your future or your past is haunting you. Nothing is there. Mind has come to a standstill and because mind doesn't have much activity to do, it goes in a state of tamas. But we are doing yogic exercise. So it has to go on the path of sattva, not tamas. Tamas means you will go to sleep. Correct? But we are not going to go to sleep. We are going to go on the path of sattva. Which means we are not utilizing our mind going downwards into the gutters. So that is the way in which you have to be. So what do you do if you don't want your mind to go into the gutters? Fix your mind on me. Krishna says, now you focus only on me. That's it. Don't bother about anything else. Just when you are doing your meditation, when you are sitting in that particular posture with the way in which I have described till just now, with all your activities coming to a standstill, okay, firm in the vow of chastity and fearless, perfectly calm with the mind, mind held in restraint and fixed on me, the vigilant yogi, should sit absorbed in me. Why is he vigilant yogi? The reason why a yogi has to be vigilant is because the mind is an illusive creature. The mind slips out goes from here to there. You know it can travel from Himalayas. Suppose you are sitting in the Himalayas. It can travel right up to the South Pole and back to Americas and then Europe and then India. Yes, it can take, take a travel right throughout the globe. It can go even on Venus. Nowadays they said that they found phosphine on Venus. Okay, so to, today you will sit, phosphine on Venus. There must be a life form over there. What? Just because there is a phosphine over there, does it mean there is a life form over there? Yeah, he says things like that. But why do you want to go to Venus and Mars and the moon and the sun? Or you want to go to a nearby theater? That is the reason why it is important not to let your mind wander. So he says, vigilant yogi. You have to be ever vigilant. Again, if, you are, if your eyes are going to become heavy and go to sleep... You know what is going to happen, no? Your posture is going to go down like this or this way. (laughs) Have you seen people sleeping in the trains and in the planes? You know, they keep on mm, going this way, this way, or this way in front or backwards. (laughs) So your posture is gone. So be vigilant. If you are focused over here, be vigilant. Most of the people sleep in my satsang, you know, no? They are not vigilant. What to do? (laughs) Sometimes they will switch off their you know, cameras and sound and all because they do that also while going to sleep. What to do? (laughs) So you have to sit vigilantly. Okay? Vigilance is important and should be absorbed in me. The person has to be absorbed in me. Okay. We move to the next verse, chapter 6, verse 15. Thus constantly applying His mind to me, the yogi of disciplined mind, attains everlasting peace consisting of supreme bliss which abides in me. So Krishna says, now if you have followed this entire track and if you have not followed, please go back and listen to it once again. If you have followed the entire track and if you are sitting in meditation, lost in me, lost in me. Not your girlfriends or your boyfriends. Please don't be. <laughs> and not in thinking, you know, afterwards what are we going to do? Have coffee. You know, coffee. And then what happens? Don't. We are going to avoid all that. Right? So you are going to be in a chaste condition. Mm. Right. <laughs> and Then what are you supposed to do? He says, applying the mind to me. Only to me. Not to anybody else. Okay? Focus your mind only on me. The yogi of a disciplined mind. You got to be extremely disciplined. And that is the reason why I ask, I, I, you know, I tell everybody, please be disciplined in your life. When you have absolute discipline, when you get up at a particular hour, sit for a particular hour, do your stuff at a particular hour and have a very well-regulated life, you will be a perfect person. Know this. But one day, if you let it be, like I was asked by somebody, nowadays Guruji, why is it that nobody attends your satsangs? I said, though people have become very busy, you know, they have got so many jobs to do. Some people have joined new companies, some people have joined some places. And they have to attend to their jobs and sometimes they are working till 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the morning. Poor fellows will be fast asleep in the morning. And in the evening when they wake up, I mean they normally wake up in the afternoons. Why? Because there must be a call with the boss or something and by the time they attend the call and my satsang time comes at three, 4 o'clock in the evening. You know, evening time, you know that. They are busy with calls and they have a lot of other things to do and they will be having their lunch at 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock poor fellows what to do so (laughs) this is called disciplined life got it (laughs) complete loss of discipline that is the reason why nobody can attend I, I pity these people I really pity them because they have lost the entire essence of what they are supposed to do and they may say whatever they want to but if where there is a will there is a way remember these words are there where there is a will there is a way the amount of importance that you may give to spiritual, you got to find time for spiritual. If you say that I don't have time for spiritual because you know I am very busy you know nowadays. Sir, you have got life which is only this much. And in this much of life You have spent till the age of 20 and 22 and 24 years trying to get degrees and postgraduates and this and that and all those things. So your first 24 years have gone, finished. After that, you are going to become a servant for some company for the next 30 years of your life. Okay. And then you are going to sweat yourself (gasps) and you are going to get kicked around by like nobody's business, like a football. All right. When do you think you will find time for spiritual? The reason why you have taken human birth is this. Human birth is not very easy to get. Please remember this. You got to find time. You have to say that I have to find time. People find time for going to the loo. They will sit for half an hour inside the toilet. But they find it in my satsang, either they will sleep or they will not attend. How is it that you can be watching something on your, on, on your toilet seat and yet over here you are fast asleep? How is it that you can attend to all other things in your life and to attend a satsang is very difficult? If you think Bhagavad Gita is important for you, which is more than enough, I can tell you, attend the Bhagavad Gita satsang religiously. Don't give reasonings. If you think the Uddhav Gita is perfect, then you please attend Uddhav Gita satsangs religiously without a single day drop. So don't drop out even a single day. People have this habit of telling me Guruji, I listen to your satsangs later on. Okay? Tomorrow, instead of giving you your girlfriend, I'll give you a picture of hers. Is that okay with you? No. Just now you are getting a live, you know, demo with your girlfriend. Suppose uh, you are sitting in one, uh, what is that, coffee day or something like that and you are drinking coffee with her. And tomorrow I will just send you a picture of her. She is drinking coffee. You also drink coffee in your place. Is that okay? allowed? Starbucks ka picture town with your girlfriend sitting over there. That doesn't work like that. Attending the satsang at the right time is so important, not later on during the day or after five years. That is the reason why, you see, there are so many satsangs available online. From Ananda to every other person, they, they, the repository of satsangs. You will find that nowadays there are lots of people who are giving satsangs. But who attends? Hardly anybody. So if you are not attending, Then you have lost out on that essence at that point in time. Okay. To eat hot fresh biryani is any day better than a biryani which is stored in the fridge and eating it after 10 days. Which is better? Hot biryani is better. Isn't it? Fresh hot biryani is better. So this is like a fresh hot biryani. I am the person, you know, Hyderabadi person who is giving you a biryani. Come on. You got to eat it. Paradise biryani. You are in paradise just now. Think like that. And don't sleep. And don't doze off. And don't feel, you know, Guruji, you are telling me all kinds of things. I have heard this before. Don't say that. Listen to it. That is what. So here he says, that is the reason why you can get everlasting bliss. If you are focused, if you know what you are attaining, what is it that you want to go to, then you will attain supreme bliss, which is in me. Krishna says these words, The supreme bliss that is Sat, Chit, Ananda is in me alone. You have to come to me at the end of the day. Alright. So we will do one more verse and then we will stop. So we are doing chapter 6, Bhagavad Gita, verse 16. Arjuna, this yoga is neither for him who overeats nor for him who observes complete fast. It is neither for him who is given to too much sleep and not even for him who is ceaselessly awake. You see, most of the people in this world, they will tell me, you know, Guruji, I don't sleep at all nowadays. You know, my boss, he keeps me awake. Hmm? Hmm. Mujhi soni na de You know, like that kind of a song. What? What are you talking about? So this yoga is not meant for you. If you are going to give me a reason that I am very busy, I have other activities to do. I am very tired. I like to sleep. I want to eat a lot. You see, when people want to eat something which comes, you know, they will eat so much of it. Because it's like gluttony. You know, gluttony, you understand? Just because you get to eat, you eat, 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 eat this yoga is not meant for those people. Again, if you are going to do upvahs, if you are going to do fasting, this yoga is not meant for you also. So those who do fasting and those who eat too much, this yoga, Krishna's clear words, this yoga is not meant for people like you. Those who are sleepy and those who do not get sleep, this yoga is not meant for you also. Now, in this line, what is he actually telling you? Disciplined life for a disciplined person who does everything in moderation. What is he saying? Life has to be led in moderation. Don't do extremes. It's like yesterday in the satsang, I was talking about something and I said the person... Okay, I can make a better dosa. You can't come and tell me, Okay Guruji, next time onwards, you don't like my dosa, I will not make. You can't say these words to me. It means you got to try harder. Isn't it? Just because I I want to sleep. I don't get the time to attend satsangs. Because I have got a lot of things to do. Then don't even bother attending. So this satsangs, this knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita is only for people who do things in moderation and in a disciplined manner. So eating should not be voracious eating. Eating has to be moderate. If your stomach is this much, eat this much. If your stomach is this much, don't eat this much. Got the answer? People when they have this much of stomach, they will eat this much. Or they will eat only this much. And sometimes they won't eat also. No. You have to bring your stomach to the level where you are just sufficient. Just sufficient food. Not in excess, not less. And sometimes people have this habit of telling me I didn't eat in the morning. That is why I am going to eat lunch and dinner in dinner. That is not the criteria. Just because you never ate in the morning doesn't mean that you have to eat double dinner. Okay and then uh, Guruji I didn't get up in the morning that's why I'm having brunch. Breakfast and lunch combined together to make a brunch. No don't do that. It's not brunch is important. You're messing up with your body systems. Don't mess up with it and that is the reason why you can never become a yogi if you do this kind of a nonsense. Eat religiously in the way it is prescribed. Take your breakfast at the right time. Take your lunch at the right time. Take your dinner at the right time. Go to sleep in time. Wake up in time. It is for people who have moderated their lifestyle. And not for those hungry kya. Those kind of people. Okay. <laughs> not for hungry kya people. Or for those people. <sighs> hey, you know. When all those nations that are there. Where well, they show you know. Like this kind of. Cheer. No not those kind of people also. Not for those people who don't eat, right? So he says this yoga is neither for those who overeat, and nor for those who do complete fast. It is neither for him who is given to too much of sleep, or not, and not even for him who is ceaselessly awake. So don't say that I am ceaselessly awake. I never sleep. Those with less sleep don't try this yoga also. Got it? So we have come to the end of verse 16. Next time we will do verse 17 onwards. You take care. You have a great day. And I will see you all in the evening if you join for the dashboard. Bye.